Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be looking at a number of UK equities after we dissect the key market themes out there at the moment. And to do that, we have with us once more, Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Morning again, John. Good to be back. So, Alan, I mean, how are you? How are you finding things out there this week in in markets? We're obviously looking at a situation on the FTSE 100 where we had quite a sharp rally at the end of of last week on some weaker, weaker than expected inflation data from the United States. CPI came in below analyst estimates, but we've actually seen this morning here in the UK what appears to be a divergence in the paths of inflation. Here in the UK and and in the US, we've got a massive beat on the upside, 11.1%. That's the highest reading since the 1980s. So, you know, in an environment such as this, Alan, you know, when, when you're sort of looking at, at UK equities, you know, if, we, if you look at FTSE 100 companies, of course, there's, you know, a lot of overseas companies where this data wouldn't have too much of an impact. But there are the house builders, there are some of the retailers that are feeling the pinch this morning. And of course, if you look at the 250, uh, there's lots of casualties out there. You know, do, do you think this divergence between the UK and, and, and US could be a cause for concern for some domestic facing stocks in the UK if it continues? Yeah, I think it, I think it is. And obviously, we've just also heard from Barclays as well, which has cut its uh, global growth forecast of 2023, um, predicting the weakest growth in 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 40 years you know so it um, it, it is a concern and of course uh, we was we were talking before we came on air about the consumer facing stocks like house builders down because of course people are looking at the numbers and looking at the increase in the cost of living um and uh, cutting back spending or, or or making plans to cut back on spending because with that sort of backdrop and outlook you've got to you've got to readjust your plans accordingly so of course that will have a role on impact into House builders selling houses, uh, uh, lenders, of course, uh, providing financial products, uh, mortgages and so on. It's going to have uh, considerable ramifications. Then we still have the uh, the known unknowns of the of the energy costs ongoing. Uh, are those going to spike again? Obviously, the uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict has ratcheted up a notch overnight with the, the missiles landing in Poland, although... Um, Biden, I noticed, distancing himself uh, from it and saying that uh, those were fired by Ukraine. I believe they were sort of uh, taking out the incoming missiles from Russia. So it was a, a tragic accident. But we, of course, you know, that's yet to roll out. Um, and we, we, you know, so we have this cocktail of uncertainty, a, a wall of worry to climb, if you like. So um, and, and ironically, as we speak at the moment, the the um, the FTSE 100 is, of course, continues to do that. But bearing in mind, of course, the FTSE is largely exposed to global dollar earners. Uh, and, of course, the dollar is still holding up fairly well. So, I mean, that the, the dollar situation is quite interesting because that, that strength in the dollar, if we do start to see further economic turmoil and uh, geopolitical risk, we could see strength in the dollar which sees weakness in the uh, in the pound, of course, and and supports the the FTSE going forward. Mm. So, 
you know, we, we discussed previously, Alan, that there could be a situation early next year where the FTSE 100 is breaking or, or, or very near all-time highs whilst the, the UK is actually in a, in a recession. There's a number of factors at play. Yeah, Obviously, looking yeah. at what's happening in China, if we see a re- reopening in, uh, in, in China there. So, you know, would it be a case that, you know, you have to really get your stock pickers hat on in, in, in that case? Uh, and, you know, what sort of sectors do you think would be the ones to have a look at? It, it's, yeah, it, it's a really tough call, isn't it? Because, of course, um, given the... Given the way events are uh, evolving and developing and uh, rolling out, um, you know what we're talking about today could could be entirely irrelevant tomorrow. It's just the way the markets are evolving. But certainly, I think I think uh, uh, with China um, coming out of lockdown, and I, I think there are Xi and uh, Biden, of course, have had that meeting. It was fairly frosty by all accounts, uh, but I think. Um, I think going forward, um, Xi is probably looking at what's happening in Russia, and um, I think uh, I think they're they're keeping their hands in their pockets at the moment. But my guess is that if um, the situation with Russia Ukraine continues and Russia continues to further isolate itself from the world, um, Xi may well throw his hat in the ring with the West. Um, of course, that remains to be seen. But that, of course, China is a huge consumer of raw materials so that does paint um a fairly bullish backdrop i think for the uh large global mining entities such as uh Belleton and vale and uh, and rio of course so um i think in the commodity sector we're still looking uh pretty strong going forward um then of course you've got tech companies as well you know you know vodafone's a global owner so so uh, vodafone's gonna offer some some decent opportunity going forward and then of course technology um you know whilst technology stocks have been hit hit in times of conflict such as this technology evolves and um and there's no better place to look for that than within universities where the where 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 work and uh, projects are being spun out into the commercial sector so there's a lot to play for um domestic uh, domestically of course we have those challenges we're going to look at one domestic stock this morning that probably is a bit more offers better defensive qualities than some but uh, but certainly it's um as you rightly say john stock picking uh, at this juncture in time is 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 a very is a very key part of any investment strategy going forward indeed indeed so let's move on to that first company that we're going to look at today alan it's it's ssc you know this, this has been one of my favorites for you know, probably the best part of 10 years now, you know, it was always one that that, that paid a, a reliable dividend. It was a good one to trade because it always rallied up into the, the ex-dividend date and, and fell, uh, you know, a significant amount and then rallied back up again. It did that for uh, for a good few years. You know, that, that's, that sort of uh, trading pattern's broken down slightly since, but still a very good dividend player. So SSE had their half-year report out this morning. Alan, what were the key takeaways from that? Well, I think one of the things going forward is is that SSC uh, stated very clearly in today's statement that it's going to support customers, you know, which um, as a as, as a utility, it, it should be doing. So so it's great to hear it to reiterate that and, and put that message out there. Um, nonetheless, we've seen a bit of a recovery in the share price. Uh, bounce off year low of £14 per share, and it's now trading at £16.20 per share. 
year high of just under two uh, twenty pounds per share. Um, but yeah, at this level, it's paying a dividend of five point three percent. So that's that's still that's still uh, something that's worth considering. And I think the fact that it's going to, to support customers is great. But of course, as an investment proposition. Um, is that what we want to hear going forward? Certainly uh, on the back of the news this morning, the shares have, have dropped slightly down 1.5%. Um, the numbers aren't particularly uh, uh, good to see. Adjusted earnings per share of 41.8p, although it was in line with guidance. But it's focused on its net zero acceleration program. Of course, of course this is investment into um, uh, clean technology to, uh, to, to get to... Um, uh, becoming a net zero or, or a net positive um, entity at some point in the future. Um, it's also generated first power during the period at its sea green offshore wind projects, um, commercial, expected to go commercial in uh, summer next year. Um, it's also developing Dogger Bank and Viking projects. Um, and of course, um, the, the company isn't just... Uh, focused on the UK, it is focused throughout Europe and into other entities. So it's not, uh, it's certainly not just a UK focused stock. Um, but um, I think the, the worry for investors going forward is that these profits will be sacrificed um, um, in order to support customers. Of course, in the UK, there is the there is the cap where there is some government support for the power providers to, to do this. Um, but I think, uh, I, I mean, certainly if I'm looking at this stock now, um, uh, it, it's a hold going forward. I'm not sure I'd be adding at this level, um, but certainly uh, uh, SSE has um, a track record of delivering solid results to customers. Um, it's going through this evolution into um, into a clean energy net zero company. Um, and uh yeah, these the chief exec today said today, Alistair Davis said today, um, they're investing 12.5 billion in the next five years that uh, will take the total to probably over 25, to, uh, well over 25 billion uh, in this decade in the UK and Ireland. So a big supporter of clean technology and it's going to become wholly reliant on that future. And of course, the good news is that when you get entities like SSE making those commitments, it does eventually mean that we will be weaned off our reliance for uh, for gas um, and uh, 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 from from Russia. So so that's got to be a good thing. And I think other companies will be working towards uh, that, that that net result too. So so, so clearly going forward, the less reliant we, we are on Russia for that, the better it's going to be for all concerned. Indeed, indeed. Of course, there's that the uh, the upcoming risk of the windfall tax coming in. That looks like it's going to be around sort of forty percent or, or so. But it's a very delicate balancing act with companies such as SSE because you know they're they're the ones to invest in in a greener future for our energy mix. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the government needs to raise some funds from from somewhere, and they're they're seeing extraordinary. Uh, profits on their energy generation due to to the rising prices so it's it's becoming a target uh but that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out early next year in uh in SSE's next update so moving on now Alan we're going to be touching on a company here that you're mentioning about technology um this is a, a listed company Frontier IP Group um invests in technology so would you be able to go into some of their key projects please alan some recent updates from them most certainly yes so frontier of course we've spoken about um 
IP and tech uh, in the past, uh, John, and we've looked at, um, we, we've of course looked at tech capital, which uh, effectively does the same thing, focusing on the uh, the university network throughout the world, uh, where you, where you've got um, uh, projects or university projects spun out into the commercial sector, um, and in some cases those projects are taken all the way through and become listed on. Uh, stock exchanges themselves as separate entities. So this is this is what Frontier IP do. IP do. So currently, the company has a market capitalization. It's aim listed, of course, ca- market capitalization of about forty two million. So in the same area as Tech Capital, year high of um, one hundred one hundred seventeen pence, year low of fifty six pence. Just off those year year lows now, coming back off the October lows at fifty six p. Uh, currently trading at seventy six p, and you know with, with with good reason. I mean, the company's enjoyed huge huge success over this year, um, and uh, the net asset value is currently ninety pence. So we're trading sort of well below that, um, uh, but a lot of the value has been driven by its success uh, in bringing these companies through to market. So in terms of the companies, it's involved in it. Um, it's involved in in healthcare. It has um, automated fruit picking technology, um, AI, uh, drug discovery, and and that was that's particularly uh, um, uh, it was being a particularly important cornerstone for the Frontier IP uh, 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 portfolio. Um, the, a company Accenture uh, was listed on Nasdaq. It was listed at a much higher market valuation that and that had been initially uh, thought and and what that resulted uh, what that meant was that um uh, the company uh, from an initial investment of 273,000 um that a part disposal by frontier ip following the listing generated cash of 6 and a half million pounds so that's a that's a spectacular return on investment and this is what uh, frontier ip does um it as i say it has uh, um investments into uh, uh graphene um investments into solar technology in fact one of its companies pulsive uh, recently announced that it raised one half million um in that fund in that fundraise so of course uh Certainly for um, certainly for uh, uh, Frontier IP, that um, that actually uh, gives a significant uplift. In fact, um, I will just say uh, I'll just correct myself there. It's actually Pulsive where Frontier IP invested an initial two hundred seventy three thousand. So um, so going back to Accenture, um, certainly that's generated a spectacular return for the group. But um, I don't have the numbers on the initial investment there. So across the Across the range of IP, if you go to the Frontier IP group and look at the portfolio, um, there are there's a company called Fieldwork Robotics, Elute Intelligence Software Tools to um, analyze data and, and documentary and, and, and documents, um, antibiotics, as I say, um, uh, AI in logistics and supply chains, um, and a raft of other. Uh, companies all spun out of of, of of university so it's got uh, frontier ip has a pipeline of companies coming to market um uh, attaining value or maybe becoming involved or uh, in a trade sale at some point down the road but it's a very it, it, it's in a sense it's a it's um it, it's a fund that invests into um university university spin outs and of course um 
uh, as we know with tech capital for instance they have a huge network throughout the the world frontier ip is a very similar company and um i think uh, it offers good resilience um certainly if you're invested into early stage companies that are spun out of universities i think there is some data somewhere which indicates that the the uh, percentage uh success rate from those companies is generally higher than those uh, not being spun out of university uh, IP. So so there is so there's some pretty solid data supporting the group there. So in the, the company uh, also recently announced um, final results for the year. Um, net assets, uh, as I say, uh, just uh, uh, around 90p uh, at present, so trading under that. Earnings per share up 6% to 18.6p up from 17.5p the previous year um, and uh, the, the group increased their pre-tax profits by 6% to 10,879,000 so that's a that's a pretty good return over the year um, and uh, the company continues to expand and invest in new new tech going forward so well worth a look um, and, and I think um, I think uh, every Every investor should have a company like this within their portfolio for exposure to new IP, new technology going forward. Yes, I mean, certainly looking through the portfolio here, there's, there's a big range of, uh, of technology that they're investing in. So, um, you know, if you're interested in innovative new solutions for solving problems, there is a broad range of uh, of companies here which are looking at various different things as you've outlined there, uh, Alan. If anything, it's just quite interesting to see, uh, you know, some of the uh, solutions that they're that they're looking at. Um, you know, obviously, sort of this wastewater treatment and you know the implications for that as well. So, uh, definitely worth having a look at their website. If anything, just for you know further insights uh, into technological advances that we're seeing at the moment. So. Um, Alan, now we've gone to the final stock that we're going to discuss today. You know, the company here, looking at the chart, it's had a tremendous six weeks. You know, going back to the beginning mm. of October, we're looking at a share price uh, around that four and a half pence level. Today, it's trading at nine and a half pence. It's Paul Beg Farmer. What's been the uh, the driver behind this? Paul Berg's had a tremendous few weeks, but uh, I mean, even now we're just uh, coming back to or approaching the. Uh, the IPO price uh, from uh, when the company was spun out of Open Orphan, which of course is now HVivo last year, but headed up by Jeremy Skillington, the company, um, it, it, its model is, it's a capital-like model which develops uh, um, IP and, and develops uh, 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 drugs and, um, and, uh, 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 and biotech solutions to phase one, phase two level. And then once it has them to that level, of course, um, uh, as we know with biotechs, they they they, they achieve a new uh, um, benchmark of valuation. At that point, it then negotiates and talks to the big farmers like Pfizer, um, Solvay, and so on. And uh, and um, then the that the IP is is then shared with that company who come to shareholders, uh, and they fund the big money to take it through to commercialization. So it's a very strong model. They have POLB1 and POLB2, of course, which are, are being developed in the pipeline. Um, also some great collaborations with Anabio Technologies um, using, you know, we mentioned with Frontier IP just now using uh, AI in drug discovery. And um, and certainly a step forward was taken 
uh, was taken um, uh, in the past few days by the group in that regard. But I think um, the big step forward was announced uh, yesterday. The company um, uh, announced that Enkovac, which is a consortium led by Paul Begg, was awarded a 2.3 million euro grant to, to progress its oral vaccine program under the um, Irish government's Disruptive Technologies Innovation Fund. Um, so the collaboration is with um, uh, Anna Biotechnologies, Trinity College Dublin and the University College Dublin. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a big step forward. It, it's real validation of the model that, um, that Poolbeg is developing. And I think uh, we're, we're also awaiting a lot of data from POLB1 and POLB2 uh, um, uh, 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 clinical trials uh, in the next uh, few weeks. And I think we're going to be seeing some big steps taken by Poolbeg as we go into the new year. Also very important to note that... Um, Chief Exec Jeremy Skellington um, has been uh, involved with the company from the start, and uh, he is very much uh, he, he's very much got a track record in this area. Um, uh, company uh, he he developed and uh, and and bought through uh, was sold to Roche Pharmaceuticals for some four hundred million dollars uh, um, a, a few years back prior to joining. Um, Paul Bag Pharma. So the company's at a very exciting juncture in this evolution. Lots of clinical data due in the next uh, few weeks and also in the new year as well. So lots of news flow ahead. And I think um, we're seeing the rise in the share price off the back of that. And uh, I'm sure, you know, Paul Bag's going to have a very strong, strong and successful 2023. I mean, so looking looking back, I mean, the, the IPO price for for Paul Beg Farm was actually ten p uh, last uh, last year. I mean, what do you think the market's looking for here, Alan, in terms of a catalyst to get it above that level? Because it spent most of its time as a as a listed company beneath that level. Do you, do you think there's um, you know some anticipation about further results, or is it the commercialization of um, of what they're looking at? People are waiting for. I think it's simply that, John. With any biotech company, uh, it has to go through the process where where the where it develops the develops the drugs, undertakes the trials, um, and then the data comes back, uh, and then it's moving to phase two, and uh, and then of course the next steps that that um, are taken. And uh, as I say, dr- driving last week, we had the news that um, that uh, it's um, a, an AI program with One Three Biotech. Um, for its uh, RSV, respiratory uh, single virus um, uh, uh, treatment, um, has uh, identified uh, novel dr- drug targets using the challenge trial data that uh, that um, that and, and and artificial intelligence. So it's a real milestone for the group, and I think um, I think again, you know, the the company comes to market, you know, sets its stall out. We understand what it does, but of course, it has to then go through the process of bringing those um, drugs through and and uh, and um, uh, reporting those results to the market and we're now seeing some very strong results the model in a, the model the model that the company set set its stall out by originally is working and is developing nicely so um, I think uh, we should you know once we get the the, the next set of data we're going to see um, I think some significant moves higher. The company is still valued at just forty nine million sterling, and for a a biotech company uh, engaged, you know, when you're looking at these uh, at these uh, these drugs in development, some of them are worth 
billions at um, you know phase two and phase three uh, clinical trial levels. So so you've got a really important um, some really important uh, drugs being developed by Paul Begg. So I do expect to see the valuation gap redressed in the not too distant future. Fantastic, fantastic. Surely an, an interesting one to to keep an eye on. So just as a wrap up there of the uh, the stocks we discussed today, SSE first up has a ticker, of course, of SSE. It was then Frontier IP Group, which had a ticker of FIPP, and, and just then was Pullbeg Pharma with a ticker of POLB. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thanks very much, John. So just a note before we finish uh, the podcast today, we've got the next instalment of our virtual conferences coming up uh, in early December. On the 7th, there's uh, a couple of companies there, both in differing sectors. So do check out uh, the events section on the UK Investor Magazine website where you'll be able to find a, uh, a link to get yourself signed up for that. And we hope to see you there. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.